The following program is pre-recorded to air at this time. Welcome to Lotus Radio's weekly public service show, In-Depth. To have your nonprofit featured, email PSA at lotusradio.com. This morning on In-Depth, I'm joined by Jane Saint. She's the state executive director for Nevada Casa Association. Uh, They're based in Henderson, Nevada, but they help out children, uh, abused children and neglected children all over the state of Nevada. Uh, Casa, which stands for Court Appointed Special Advocates for Children. Uh, Jane, thank you for joining us on In-Depth this morning. Good morning. I'm so happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, give our listeners a little background about the Nevada CASA Association. So the Nevada CASA Association, we are the state organization for for CASA. We have, um, what we do is we work with our local programs. We have currently eight local programs in the state that work directly with the volunteers and the, the kids um, the state office does not work directly with the children. Our volunteers are the ones that, you know, we're kind of a, the 25,000 foot level, whereas the local programs are, are boots on the ground. So okay. what we do is we work with the local programs, eight local programs in the state to help them be, provide a quality program to recruit more volunteers, volunteer advocates, and to help market the efforts of their programs. We have, as I said, eight programs. We have uh, Carson City, which also covers Story County, Churchill County. We have Clark County, Douglas County, Elko County. Um, We also have uh, Lyon County, and we have Nye County, which also covers Esmeralda County. And then we all, we have White, uh, Washoe County. Those are the eight programs that we have. And they, those programs work directly with recruiting volunteers and training them. And then those individuals are assigned to children who are in the system who need a voice in in the court system um, you know many times you'll think well when when somebody's in trouble someone under 18 their parent will be their advocate for them unfortunately many cases it's the ad the parent or the the guardian who has been abused has been accused of abusing the child oh. or sibling group and so they're not there to provide the best interest for for the child and what what the casa does in, a, in the state of nevada um, children are appointed an attorney. Um, many of the, the attorneys come from, um, like, uh, Washoe Legal Services or in Clark County, it's the uh, Legal Aid of Southern Nevada. Okay. And they have, they're called CAP attorneys. They're children, uh, they're assigned specifically to the, the children. But there's a lot of, of cases where a pro bono attorney will step up and say, I will, I will, you know, take this child. And the difference is, uh, and my example is, the child may say that I really want to go home and be with with my parent. Um, I love my mom. And, you know, yes, I know she she has some issues and and she did abuse me, but I love my mom. That's all I know. And that's my family and I want to be with my family. Uh, So the attorney will say that to the judge. um, but, But the CASA, who is that third-party person looks out for the overall best interest of, of that child. And they, through their investigation and their research and meeting with various 
people involved with that child, they may come back and say, I understand that this child wants to, to go home and be with their parent, but, you know, mom has not been following her um, plan of, of getting better. She's still out on the corner selling meth, and at this time it's not the best interest of the child to go home. Okay. Now, our volunteers, uh, and we are a national organization, we have around 94,000 volunteers across the country who are doing this, and they've been doing this for 40 years. Uh, we National CASA organization will be celebrating 40 years this year of service, and, and what we do is we recruit people like yourself, like your listeners, and we train them. These are people who want to help children get out of the system, and they go through a 30-plus hour training. It's very comprehensive. It's it's very detailed, but once they come, and there is a background check that everyone has to go through, so once they successfully complete the background check and their training, then they are assigned a, a case, and it could be one child. It could be a sibling group, and once they get that case, then they have, they're sworn in, they become officers of the court, and they get uh, an order from the judge that says, um, you know, Mrs. Mrs. Smith is um, the advocate for um, little Susie, and uh, she has the authority and my, my permission from the court, from this judge, to talk to anyone who is involved with this child. So it could be a biological parent, it could be next of kin, it could be teachers, medical professionals, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists, it could be anybody who's involved with that child. And that volunteer advocate gets to know that child or sibling group as a person, not as a case number. Um, and, and one of the differences is in a child's life when they're now in the system, they're going to have a caseworker. In, in, there's going to be a prosecuting attorney. There'll be the child's attorney. There'll mm -hmm. be the parent's attorneys. There'll be the parents. There's all these people. There's the judge. And all these people, except for the, the parent side of things, the biological, they'll all change. There's a potential for those, all those people to change during the, the course of, of the system. Now, we ask our volunteers to commit to at least two years because that's about the average of how long it, it takes a case to, to get through the system. Okay. I talked with a volunteer recently. You know, she's on year seven with wow. with her um, child, and that's just the, the situation. You know, the kids went back to mom. Um, mom fell off the wagon, and the kids were put back in the system. And this has just been going on for seven years. Um, and so the CASA is the one who's consistently there. And what they do is, is by getting to know that child, they present the child or sibling group to the court as as a person, not as a case number. Right. And they get the judge um, really looks at those reports, those court reports from the, the CASA because they'll, they'll get to know that, you know what, um, little Susie is doing great in her new school. She's adapted well, um, but she does need some tutoring, extra tutoring because she, she's fallen a, a grade behind. And what we have found is children who have a CASA who have been appointed in a CASA in their lives, they spend less time, they spend like four to six months less time in foster care. They're more likely to stay in school and finish school and go on to graduate. Uh, 
They get more resources than a child who doesn't have a CASA because that CASA gets to know them and they they can present to the court going that the child needs this, this, and this. And that advocate is there just fully to the, to the word advocate. They are there on behalf of that child. And they make sure that these things, to the best of their ability, are, are provided for the child or is that the child is, is, um, is presented as a person and not just a case number. You know, you look at, at um, the, the caseworkers, they have so many cases. And they're not able to give 100% to the, the children. Um, the CASA is. The attorneys, they have multiple cases as well. So that CASA is there to present. And a lot of times, you know, they'll, they'll become friends. Um, recently we had uh, one of our CASAs. She was so excited. She had a sibling group that had been split up. Um, she was able to, she and another CASA were able to, get the, the four kids adopted oh, wow. together by one family. That's great. And now they're they're a whole family. And she was so excited about that. But then all of a sudden she goes, oh, but wait a minute, now I won't get to see my kids. Oh. And she was so tickled <laughs> when the, the new adoptive mom reached out and said, you know, the kids really hope that you're not going to just disappear on them because they want to continue seeing you. And, you know, some of the kids, they, they want to continue to see their, their CASAs. Some, I've heard of, of some cases where the CASA, you know, the, the kid is now 29 years old um, and still contacts the CASA um, who worked the case. Or, you know, they, they reach out and say, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm having a child. Would you be the godparent for my child? They become very important in their life. But then there's other times where the kids just are like, I don't want to have anything to do with that season of my life that that um what happened and they just they move on and that's okay sure. cause that's you know, they need to do that as well but, well and that can be a um, very you know, uh, like sorry go ahead oh sure i was just going to say that the the situation that these children are in isn't usually the best situation in the world it's it's uh you know can be a potentially a traumatic experience for some of these kids so the the casa the um the court appointed special advocate that's appointed to their case isn't really going in the first initial conversation with uh you know a, a child that's that's incredibly happy or you know it, it they're they're trying to help them through a very difficult situation so i can i can get very that very difficult well imagine being you know you're you're in your home um your your parents are having a fight or mom and her boyfriend right. dad and his girlfriend and it ends up in in violence and at two o'clock in the morning someone comes and takes you away and, and you just kind of go you know as, as a child that is that is so traumatic i mean imagine as an adult having that happen but imagine as a child you know you now are, are in a sure. strange place you're put in a foster home, a temporary foster home, and you are like, well, what do I do? And then you have to go to a different school. You were able to leave your house with one teddy bear that you were able to take, but you didn't get any of your clothes. Your siblings went somewhere else. It is it is very, very traumatic to, to have that happen. And so, you know, we work with the kids and really help, to, you know, help them get the resources they need so they can go out in life and be a productive citizen and not end up, um, you know, in, in poverty. And there are some cases, you know, I have a, a, another volunteer I spoke with recently and he was assigned 
um, a young man at the age of, of 16. Um, the kid had been in, in, in the system since 11, but he had just gotten a CASA because we have such a desperate need for, for volunteers. But this kid, um, unfortunately, his, his CASA said, you know, he doesn't want anything to do with me. He's now 17 and he'll age out of the system soon. And of course, at, at age 17, as a teenager, you know, we all know when we were that age, we knew everything and we didn't need anybody to take care of us. <laughs> but here's a kid that if he had been assigned to CASA when he first got into the system, would have had a different trajectory. Now his CASA is afraid that by the time he's 19, he will probably end up in prison. And not just jail, but prison. So, and that's very sad. We've we've failed that child that we should have had um, the, the support that he needed in in the system. And there are so many cases of kids being because of the issues that they're having. Um, you know, they get placed multiple times. They have multiple placements. Um, talking with a, another volunteer, she has a a five year old, and he's been in like eight different foster homes because of his behavior. Oh, gosh. Um, they, they can't seem to handle him. And that's just because, imagine, if you were five years old and this is traumatic, of course you're going to act out. And, and we have to understand that and we have to get them the resources that they need. So it's hard work to be a, a CASA, I will say, um, because you really get to see the inside of, of the system. Um, you get right. frustrated, but then, you know, when your kiddos get adopted or placed back with their, their family because their, their natural family, their biological family, because the family, the parents have done what they're supposed to do. It's just everything else is put aside. You're like, that's, that's what it's all about is when, when the kids succeed or you get invited to their, their high school graduation, um, you get invited to their wedding and, you know, it just, it's so exciting. Those are the things that, that drive us and give us that success. Well, well, Jane, thank you so much for everything you do. I, I was not aware of this program at all, Nevada Casa Association. Uh, again, folks, for, if you're listening right now and you're able to volunteer and help out abused and neglected children, I know it's a really unfortunate thing to, to hear about and talk about, but it's it's amazing to know that there are volunteers like you um, out there and uh, like our potential listeners that, that can help out um, just by uh, going to nvcasa.org, finding out more about the program and helping out abused and neglected children in the state of Nevada. Um, Jane, is there anything else that you wanted to tell our listeners uh, before we go today? Well, I have a couple things uh, real quickly that um, we are desperately in need of, of advocates, of volunteer advocates. Um, at any given time in, in our state, there's you know around 4,000 children who are in need of, of a CASA. Um, unfortunately, we are only able to help maybe a quarter of those kids um, with with providing a CASA. We just don't have enough trained volunteers to, sure. to go out and, and work with these kids. So we have a desperate need for volunteers, people to step up and really um, show that they have an interest in children and want to make a, a difference. They want to help change the end story for that child. Um, and, of course, next month, uh, not next month, April, sorry, um, is Child Abuse Prevention Month. And there will be activities uh, throughout the state promoting 
um, the awareness of child abuse and neglect and how people can get involved other ways. So um, you'll see the, the pinwheels, the blue pinwheels are the symbol for child abuse uh, prevention month. And we just hope that people will really take an interest in, and work to, to help these kids. Well, great. Well, thank you for all the efforts that everybody is doing with the Nevada Casa Association. If uh, our listeners would like to become a court-appointed special advocate for children with Nevada Casa Association, they can visit the website, nvcasa.org, for more info, and we'll have a link on our websites as well. Jane, uh, thank you for all that you do, and thank you very much for your time today. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to share our story. Your nonprofit organization could be on this show. Email PSA at lotusradio.com. This morning for In-Depth, I'm joined by Jessica Branton. She's the interim clinical director and therapist at Ridge House who helps out uh, people with um, recovery, substance abuse. It's a local nonprofit here in town. So, Jessica, thank you so much for joining us this morning on In-Depth. Yeah, thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Well, tell our listeners a little bit about Ridge House. So Ridge House has been serving Northern Nevada since 1982. Um, and our mission is to provide a compassionate, evidence-based continuum of care to help those who are involved or at risk of becoming involved in the criminal justice system. And we address behavioral health and reentry needs. Um, we have seven residential facilities for men who are reentering society from jail or prison. Okay. And we also have an outpatient program that serves a few hundred people a month. Okay. I'm familiar with the location over on uh, 900 West 1st Street, and you have several or six other facilities? Uh, Yeah, we have seven um, actual homes that we um, house individuals in. We have um, over 50 beds that we're able to um, provide for for folks who just need that component of their recovery. Oh, wow. That's great. Is it all just located here in Reno or or Carson City? Where are they they at? Yep. They're all over the greater Reno area. Oh, fantastic. Okay. Well, how do people find out about Ridge House typically? You're saying it's it's mainly for substance abuse and recovery. Um, do you partner with local agencies or um, or how, how do people go about finding you? We do. So um, our, our biggest agencies are folks who are um, criminal justice based. Okay. So we partner with parole and probation, the specialty courts, adult drug courts, um, the jails, um, the Veterans Administration, other places where um, folks might need some help just after they've um, served some time, whether it be in jail or in prison. Okay. We also partner with um, local hospitals. Um, we partner with um, several other community organizations who provide services to our folks. So we have Urban Lotus come and do a group with us very graciously. Um, our office building is also the location for our Karma Box. Um, and then word of mouth gets around a lot. Um, we've had lots of residents who have come through our doors over 40 years. And so just that word of mouth gets out and um, lots of people find their way over to us whenever they feel like they need the help. That's great. Sounds like there's a lot of different facets of, of ways that people can find you, especially people that are, um, you know, at their worst in their life, you know, hitting rock mm-hmm. bottom. They're just getting out of prison or they're, you know, finding that they ha- really have a problem and identifying that and need to get some help. So that's great that there's so many different facets and ways that you're able to reach out and connect with people. And you mentioned Karma Box as well. Do you work with Grant Denton at all? We do. Yes. Okay. We're, he's we're, great. Yeah, he's amazing. Yeah. 
Awesome. Well, um, when you have people that are transitioning from uh, being incarcerated back into society, I know that can be very difficult for a lot mm -hmm. of people to just get used to the idea of being out in the real world again. Um, mm -hmm. How do you how do you help those people? How do you get them into the mindset of being, uh, you know, just part of our community? For sure. So one of the things we pride ourselves on is that our residential facilities, their their homes, their houses. Mm -hmm. um, and so people coming out of prison and jail, they get their room, they get a bed, um, they have hygiene waiting for them, um, and they have a group of people just welcoming back out. And so that immediately can allow for some comfortability. And then we address all of their um, substance use and behavioral health needs as well. Um, so we have therapists on a site, a really great clinical team who's able to, uh, who's very well trained in addressing trauma, addressing substance use, um, anything that they may be struggling with as they reenter. We also have a workforce program who works on resume building, um, working on finding them jobs, higher education opportunities, and really working around, you know, their criminal backgrounds and any other barriers that could get the way to ensure that it's a smoother way for them to to get some money and really eventually move on to more stable living. Yeah, helping them out with, I mean, especially for folks that may have been incarcerated for quite some time, you Absolutely. know, getting used to, you know, seeing uh, a world with apps and, you know, being on the phone. I, I've known a lot of people that have been in, incarcerated for a long time. They get out and they're like, how do I use this? How do I do things? How do I get to be a normal person again? Absolutely. Um, for, for the other group of people that aren't incarcerated that just need help, mm -hmm. um, you said you mentioned, you mentioned the outpatient program that you mm -hmm. have as well. What does that typically look like as far as timeline and, and what kind of commitment are you expecting from people? Definitely. So our treatment is very individualized to whatever that person's needs may be and, and their schedule as well. Um, we have evening and weekend group therapy and support groups that people can attend. Um, we also have um, several therapists who are able to work around schedules to provide individual therapy for clients as well. And then our workforce program is open to our outpatient clients. And so if they need that extra help in building a resume, finding a job, um, mm -hmm. working with any sort of background that they may have, um, our workforce case managers are easily able to help them um, guide them in the right direction to, to find employment that works for them as well. That's great. Well, it sounds like you guys are helping out quite a lot of people, especially for being around for 40 years. And if you're just joining us, I'm, I've been talking with Jessica Branton. She's the interim clinical director and therapist at Ridge House. And I noticed when we were first talking on your email, uh, you have a lot of different um, qualifications. Uh, <laughs> there's a NCC LCPC, LCADC. What what is that exactly? <laughs> so uh, so any anyone who's a therapist gets the the alphabet soup that comes behind our name. Okay. Um, so uh, that is nationally certified counselor, licensed clinical professional counselor, and licensed clinical alcohol and drug counselor. Okay. So and you've been doing this for quite some time. Uh, yes, sir. I've been with Ridge House for two years. Okay. Um, I've been in this position as interim clinical director for about three months now, um, and then. Prior to that, I've been in behavioral health since 2016. Oh, great. And um, and, and also mentioning that um, you're celebrating your 40th birthday, too, yeah. at Ridge House. That's fantastic that this organization has been around and helping people for that long. Are you doing anything special for the 30, 40th birthday? We are. So to celebrate our 40th birthday, we're asking for in-kind donations of $40 or more. Um, folks can make those donations if they would like to on our Facebook page. We have a link to our GoFundMe account. Okay. Um, through our, our website, ridgehouse.org. 
Um, and of course, we can always take donations in person at our location at Keystone and First um, or via mail, mailed into the 900 West First Street location. Okay, ridgehouse.org uh, is the website. Is Are there certain things besides monetary donations, like things that people would have around their house, like an overabundance of, I don't know, toilet paper from this past couple of years <laughs> or hygiene items? Do you accept items like that, like towels and, and what other kinds of things do you accept? Absolutely. So um, unused hygiene is always a huge need for our residents. Um, as you can imagine, a lot of our guys come in with nothing more than the clothes on their back and maybe what they went into incarceration with. So oh, wow. clothing is also a big need for ours as well. Men's clothing in all sizes. Um, work boots is a huge one. A lot of our guys you know, are, are starting up jobs for the first time in years. So work boots, tools, things like that we can always use as well. Well, and it's great that we live in, uh, you know, today we have a lot of jobs available in the community. Mm -hmm. So um, how do you go about finding jobs for these people? Is it uh, just, you know, sitting in a computer or going online? Do you have somebody counseling them and, and, uh, you know, showing them how to put together a resume and Mm -hmm. filling out an application? How does that process work? Yeah, so when our residents first get to us, um, they go through an orientation period where they work with their assigned case manager to establish what their work history is what they're interested in doing, um, maybe pursuing some certification or higher education if that's going to help them along in their career goals. Mm -hmm. Um, And then they sit down in our workforce area. They um, have their case manager with them to type up a resume, um, to go over interviewing skills. Um, This is where the clothing donations certainly come in handy for interview clothes. Um, And then we have lots of amazing organizations in the community that work with our clients um, and are willing to give them that other chance despite any sort of you know felony records or anything that that may be in their background um, and so besides that we just really work with the clients individual skills what their career goals are um, and try to help them network with people in the community that can help them pursue those that's great if you're just joining us i've been talking with jessica branton she's the interim clinical director and therapist at ridge house you can find out more about how they help out folks in our community with obtaining employment uh, with substance abuse at their website ridge house house.org and we'll post a link on all of our websites as well um do you offer any kind of volunteer program like if people aren't able to donate monetarily or if they don't have any goods or anything to donate um can folks come by and just be like a like a mentor or you know somebody that has been in their shoes you know just come and talk to these folks absolutely we love to have um people who have who are in recovery, who have maybe been incarcerated and and successfully reintegrated back into society and have them come and just really talk to our guys, instill them with some hope and let them know that, you know, if they can do it, then our guys can as well. Um, Anybody who may have, you know, a skill or something that they think would be beneficial to teach some of our folks who have been locked up for a long period of time um, would be extremely beneficial as well. That's great. And you, again, you can find out more info at ridgehouse.org about how to sign up to volunteer and and donate if you're able to at this time. So for an individual that is um, just getting out of incarceration or uh, that wants to go through the program as far as outpatient, um, is there any related cost to these individuals? I know that there's, it seems like there's a lot involved, not just, you know, hands-on and uh, with, with people getting jobs, you know, getting them back into community and society and and also just you know getting over their own recovery and go and and helping them through their experiences but do they have to pay anything for any of these services with ridge house 
So Rich House is a nonprofit organization, Mm -hmm. so we do receive grant funding and are completely donation and grant-based. So that makes us lucky enough to be able to provide these services to clients in need um, at no cost to them. Um, We do bill through Medicaid as well, so any Medicaid recipient is eligible for our outpatient program at no cost. Um, And then all of our residents are covered through grant funding and donations. So again, one of our, um, you know, Whenever we say that all of our donations go directly back into the care of our clients, Mm -hmm. they go directly back into the care of our clients and allow us to continue to make this a program they can take advantage of with no financial burden on them. That's fantastic. And anybody that is able to help out, too, um, if you are donating because you're a 501c3 nonprofit, all donations are tax deductible. Is that correct? Absolutely. That's great. And and with you celebrating your uh, 40th year anniversary, the the 40 for uh, 44. Forty, I think I got that right. Um, is uh, if if you can donate, you know, just forty dollars right now to help out Ridge House. You know, head to their website ridgehouse.org, and p- folks can even stop by your facility to donate if they they want to as well. Absolutely, we're open regular business hours, eight to five, and even on Saturdays until two p.m. Perfect. Okay. Well, thank you so much, Jessica, for just everything you do for for these individuals that that come in. Because, like I was saying before, they're they're probably experiencing their lowest of lows, and and uh, you know, for you and everybody to be able to help them out, you know, is is really a great thing. So I appreciate you coming on and talking to us and telling people about Ridge House today. Yeah, we appreciate you. Thank you, David. Thank you for listening to In Depth. To have your nonprofit organization featured, please email psa at lotusradio.com.